Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you as you grow your faith and your relationship with Jesus. Grab your notebook and a pen as we get right into the message. All right. Well, good morning once again. We are in a series, five-week series, that we're processing through the Holy Spirit. Who's that? See, oftentimes we talk about God the Father. We spend time talking about Jesus. We'll even sing songs utilizing both of them. But when it comes to that third guy, the Holy Spirit, we push him off to the side as if he's a stranger or something that we really can't quite comprehend. So over the next five weeks, we're going to take some time and we're really going to process who the Holy Spirit is and what his role is in our lives. But let me ask you a question. How's life going? Are there things that you experience in life that seem overwhelming? Are there trials that you face that you don't know how to move beyond? Perhaps there are struggles that you keep running back to even though you don't want to. You find yourself tapping into them time and time again. And out of that, you feel regret. You feel trapped. You feel frustrated. You feel discouraged. What if I was to tell you today that there's a way out of all of that? I'm not telling you that life's going to be perfect because Jesus said you're going to have problems. We get that. John 16, 33, in this world you will have troubles, you'll have trials, you'll have tribulations. Why? Because sometimes life stinks. But what if I told you that there is a a way, there is a, a hope There is a connection that we can make that will help us to move forward in our life, that will help us to push aside and even conquer those struggles that we face on a regular basis. If I told you that was the case, how many of you would be interested? Like three of you. Praise God. I'm so glad we're here. Maybe those that are watching online this morning, if you're watching online, and by the way, my daughter's watching online. I told her I would wave at her this morning. But if you're watching online, if you would like to tap into that, raise your hand. See, so many more hands are being raised online right now. Now, I want to talk to you for a few moments about the Holy Spirit and about the hope that he brings to our lives, and here's my heart's desire, that by the time that we get to the end of this five-week series, um, we can come to the place corporately that we all step into the connection with the Holy Spirit, to truly encounter what the Holy Spirit wants to do in each and every one of our lives. But here's what I want you to grab a hold of. The Holy Spirit is not some impersonable force like electricity or gravity. He is not a a concept that represents God or even God's presence. He's not the force that you hear about in Star Wars. No, 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 no. He's powerful. Yes, he's powerful, but he's also personal. He has a personality, and he wants to personally interact with, with you. How do I know that? Because the Bible tells me that when we don't know how to pray, that the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf. The Bible says when we don't have direction, the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. The Holy Spirit wants to be an evident 
ready part of our lives. The question is, are we willing to allow him to lead? We're going to talk about some of that this morning. You see, I honestly believe we don't give the Holy Spirit the time that he deserves. And, and I think part of the reason for that is we don't really know or we don't even truly comprehend all that he brings to the table. And you know what? That's okay. The Bible says we don't have to have full understanding of everything. Lean not on your own understanding, right? But in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. We don't have to have all the understanding. Why? Because we have a limited capability as humans. That's why we need the, the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the people in the Bible times, likewise, were much the same. Take a look at what happens in Acts chapter 19, verses 1 and 2. It says, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior region until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Come on, say it with me, believers. He found several believers. That's vitally important that we grab a hold of that. He's going down, he's moseying along, and he suddenly gets to the beach, and he's hanging out on the beach, and he finds a bunch of believers. And he asked them this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed. Come on, hold on to this. He encounters a group of believers and he asks them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. Before I dive in too deep in this message this morning, uh, let me share a couple things with you. I want to give you two experiences with the Holy Spirit. And I'm probably going to share this idea with you several times in this series because how many of you know sometimes we need to hear things more than once? Right, right, right? Sometimes it doesn't sink in the first time. Sometimes it kind of hits that wall and it, and it falls off and, and we need to hear it over and over and over again. That's kind of what this these experiences are, I want you to grab a hold of them and really begin to chew on them and allow them to take root inside. Number one, the Holy Spirit comes in, comes to live in us when we receive Jesus. In other words, the moment we say, Lord, would you come into my heart and into my life? Would you forgive me? Would you make me brand new? At that moment, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit takes residence in us. The second is this. The baptism in the Holy Spirit follows salvation. Now this is where this group of believers were that Paul encounters on the coast. They had given their lives to Christ. They were walking the right journey. They had the relationship with Jesus, but they hadn't come to the place that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul says, did you receive? In other words, were you filled with the Holy Spirit when you believed? The baptism in the Holy Spirit, and that's what we're talking about in this series, is a separate occurrence of that from salvation. 
Jesus himself told the early believers, he said, go to Jerusalem and wait. And as you wait, I will send the Comforter. I'll send the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll receive power to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the other ends of the earth. That's what it says. But understand that the early believers, those on the coast, those in the upper room, they were both believers already, and then they received the baptism of the Holy, Holy Spirit. But I want you to understand this. Both accounts are vital. As a believer, we need the wisdom, we need the conviction that the Holy Spirit brings in our lives on a regular basis, but we also need the power that comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. These Christians that Paul was addressing, they had not been filled because they had not heard of the Holy Spirit. Point one indicates that the Holy Spirit was within them, but they had not yet received the baptism. Acts 1.8, I just shared it. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, if you keep reading in Acts 19, you get to verse 6, and it says that Paul laid his hands upon them, and they received the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in unknown languages. Again, a separate occurrence from that of salvation. Now, over the next several weeks, I want to take some time to to clarify some things, some misconceptions, some preconceived thoughts, some confusion or even doubts that you may have right now about the Holy Spirit's role in your life. Again, in this room, we are a myriad of different backgrounds, a melting pot, if you would, of different backgrounds, those that were unchurched before they came here, those that were some other denomination, maybe more liturgical denomination where you pushed the Holy Spirit to the side and didn't really utilize. Some people believe that the Holy Spirit is not applicable to today, that he was just for the biblical time period. But as I shared last week, I believe that we need the Holy Spirit today more than ever before. In fact, I need the Holy Spirit just to go to Walmart's. Come on, somebody. We need, though that's the, it's funny I say Walmart, everybody, woohoo, come on. You've all been there recently, haven't you? Some of you have grown up in the Assemblies of God or Pentecostal circle, charismatic circle, and you understand who the Holy Spirit is. So we're going to try to really bring this thing around over the next few weeks to help us discover what God has for us through the moving of the Holy Spirit. I want to take a moment and I want to look at our launching pad scripture for today. The Holy Spirit, I want you to understand, the Holy Spirit desires to be an active, moving resource or a part of your life. And we see this in Romans chapter 8. Verses 1 through 9. Bear with me as I read all nine verses. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation 
to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh, what the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh, one translation says, those that are dominated by the flesh. What is the flesh? That old lifestyle, that lifestyle that wants to do wrong, the lifestyle that wants to engage in sin. Those that live according to or are dominated by that old lifestyle set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. Why do we know that? Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So that old lifestyle, it's got a natural tendency to lead us to separation from God. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. For who, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Did you see what's happening in this section of Scripture? There's this, this shift in life. What we're talking about is the leading of the Holy Spirit. I understand we talk about the word control or allowing it to lead. Paul's not talking about a, a robot movement, but he's addressing this idea of a free will desire to trust in and follow the wisdom and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Truth be told, either the Spirit is leading your life or the flesh is leading your life. It's one or the other. Come on, let me say that again. Either the Spirit is leading your life or the flesh is leading your life. It's one or the other. It can be a little here and a little there. It's theologian Warren Wearsby that once said it this way. It's not enough for us to have the Spirit. The Spirit must have us. Come on. It's not enough just for us to have the Spirit. The Spirit must have us. You see, when you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes residence in you, but he doesn't just want to live in you. He desires to consume you with all that he is. So today, I want to look at two observations of the Holy Spirit within us. Two observations. I challenge you to take really good notes today. Number one is this. The Holy Spirit brings freedom. 
The Holy Spirit brings freedom. Come on, that's good news. Come on, we referenced the questions a while ago. How many of you are struggling with things? How many of you have problems? You're addicted to things. How many of you are enslaved by things? And if I was to ask you in this room, if we were really honest, I would venture to say the majority of us would say, yeah, that's a problem in my life. Why? Because we've allowed the flesh, we've allowed who we used to be to dictate where we go in life. But the Holy Spirit can bring about freedom for those that trust and follow him. Romans 8, 1 and 2. So there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power, come on, say power. The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Come on, the Holy Spirit desires to free you from this life, this spiral of sin, which ultimately leads to separation from God. There is no condemnation. How incredibly freeing that is. The problem we have is too many of us live with things on a daily basis that, truth be told, condemn us. Therefore, we're full of guilt. We're full of regrets. We're full of discouragement, struggles, hurts, difficulties, memories of yesterday, the struggles of life. I want you to understand, that's not the life that God designed for you to live. It's not. God didn't design your life to be one struggle after another. John 10, 10, the thief comes, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. Not so that you may have life and have struggle after struggle after struggle after struggle. No, the Holy Spirit is here to set you free from that which condemns you in life. Complete forgiveness for you, for me. Now, last week, we discovered that Jesus told his followers that it was so important that he go away so he could send the Holy Spirit to us. As Jesus goes away, he says the Holy Spirit will convict the world of its sin. Sin does not have power over you. The same Holy Spirit that brought you to the place of repentance with Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that wants to consume you so that you have the authority and you have the strength to stand up against the sin and the struggles in life. But here's the problem that we have. In the American church, now hear my heart here, Don't you love it when someone starts it that way? In the American church, I think sometimes we've made it too simple. Just say a prayer, forgive me, make me better, and we go on our way. And we suddenly think, man, 
I'm forgiven, my life's great. But the problem is we've given our life to Jesus partially and we keep prostituting our life with all the sins of yesterday. Come on. We keep toying with all the junk. Well, God, I'm going to give you this moment of my life, but I need two or three days over here with this because this is the life that I used to know. This is the life that I live. This is who they think I am. Oh, but God, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Lord, I praise you. I praise you. Oh, but I want a little bit of this too. See, the problem is we play games. The problem is we toy with this relationship and Jesus said, you've got to be one or the other, either hot or cold. It's time for us to go all in in our pursuit with God. It's time for us to to give him everything. The Bible says there's no condemnation to those that believe. In other words, those that have a committed relationship, those that are all in in the pursuit, there's no condemnation in their life. We commit to him over here. We no longer need to be tripped up by the junk over there. We're no longer bound by what used to torment us. The Bible says in Romans 8, 5, for those who live according to the flesh, literally translation means those that are dominated by the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh, but those that live according to the Spirit, those that allow the Holy Spirit to lead them and guide them, set their minds on things of the Spirit. You see, it's one thing to know you've been set free. It's another thing to truly understand that you've been set free. And I want you to know, and I want you to comprehend, and I want you to grab a hold of today. When you make that commitment, come on, not just a word, but a commitment. When you make that commitment to follow after the things of God, He brings about a freedom inside of your life. Oh, does that mean from there on out you're going to be perfect? No. No, every every so often there's going to be like this little ugly desire pop up. What do you have to do? Just stop on its little head and move on. Come on. on. Man, I remember back in the early 90s we used to sing a song, Under my feet, he's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. And the problem is, for some reason, we have in our mind that God and Satan are equals. And we think, oh man, I don't know which one's going to win. Is it going to be God or is it going to be Satan? Is it going to be God? Is it going to be Satan? Is it going to be God or is it going to be Satan? But here's what we got to grab a hold of. God and Satan are not equals. Satan's just a fallen angel. He has no authority. He has no power. Don't give him any more authority. Don't give him any more rights than he has. He's a liar. In fact, the Bible says he's the father of lies. The enemy, Satan, he understands the power of a person who's living in freedom. So he'll do everything he can trying to trip you up. So how do we counteract his attempt? I've got it. Ephesians chapter 6. Pray in the Spirit 
at all times and on every occasion. Come on, look at this. Pray in the Spirit. There's two sides of this right now. Prayer is the key. Prayer's the key that opens the door, but the Spirit is the dynamite that blows away through. Come on, come on. The Bible says, Acts 1-8, you'll receive power. I referenced that a moment ago. That word power literally is taken the, from the original word where we get our word dynamite. It's the word dunamis. You'll receive power, explosive power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And now in Ephesians, Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus, and he says, pray in the Spirit. Pray with this dynamite-packed prayer all the time and on every occasion. The Holy Spirit wants to bring about a new power in your life. He wants to give you a reservoir of power to tap into. Look at our second observation. The Holy Spirit brings peace. The Holy Spirit brings freedom. Man, that, that's incredible. We love freedom. We want freedom. We fight for freedom in our nation. And now the Holy Spirit brings a spiritual freedom. But now we see the Holy Spirit brings peace. And I hear people talking about it all the time. I just want peace for my family. I want peace in my job. I need peace of mind. We need peace in our world. We'll see, simply do anything and everything we can to receive peace. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, so letting your spirit, sinful nature, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Come on, there's this struggle between the things of God, what we know we need to do in the life that we need to live and that old lifestyle. And, and here Paul says, letting that old sinful nature over here, letting it control your mind, it's going to lead you to spiritual death. It's going to lead you to ultimate separation from God. But if you will allow the things of God, the things of of the Holy Spirit, the nature that he has for you, the life that he has for you, if you allow it to lead you and guide you in life, it will lead you to a place of life and peace. Having peace of mind comes from the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you a question. Who or what occupies your mind? Who or what occupies your mind? Some of you are consumed with stress. Some of you are consumed by the words of those around you, the criticism of those around you. Some of you allow self to absorb all this doubt within you. So many things that you've allowed to consume your mind. Can I challenge you today to Give that space to God. Because whatever space in your life that God gets, guess what, is going to have peace. But on the flip side, in whatever space that, that God or the Holy Spirit is eliminated, will fail to have peace. 
It'll be consumed with fear, doubts, disappointments, guilt, frustration. The list goes on and on. There are so many things in life that we face that rob the peace that the Holy Spirit wants to put inside of us. But Paul clearly says to us that the life that is led by the Holy Spirit will in fact be a life of peace. So let me share with you of how the Holy Spirit leads us to this place of peace. Number one, the Holy Spirit helps you accept what you cannot control. Come on, how many of you, is that a problem? You're like, I just want to be able to control the situation. Yeah, nobody's raising your hand, but I guarantee you, there are a bunch of control freaks in this room. Yeah. Oh, you may not want to admit it, but you want to be in control. And how can I say that? Because I understand that. We love to be able to be in control. Because when we're in control, we feel like we can maneuver through anything. But the problem is we were not created to be able to do all of this. Our, our culture tells us we need to be in control. We're directed to control everything, but it's the exact opposite of how God created us to function. Look what it says in John 14. But when the Father sends the advocate, the Holy Spirit, as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Come on. The Holy Spirit takes the lead. When we step back and say, Lord, less of me and more of you. Lord, I can't seem to do this by myself because every time I, I, I step up front, every time I step to that line to take control, I find myself struggling. I find myself faltering. I find the situation just exploding around me. So, Lord, I'm going to step back, and, Lord, I'm going to give you control of the situation and allow you to lead me and to teach me all that I need to know. It goes on to say, and I'm leaving you with a gift, peace, of mind and heart. And the peace I give, Jesus says, is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Even in the midst of a chaotic world, God can bring peace to our lives through the moving of the Holy Spirit. But for some reason or another, time after time after time, we allow all the things around us to invade this place, the space that the Holy Spirit so desperately desires in our lives. And if we would just evacuate, give the eviction notice to all of that junk, and allow the Holy Spirit to come in, we can begin to experience that peace that only he can give. The second is this. The Holy Spirit helps you trust God's loving care. The Holy Spirit helps you trust 
God's loving care. Look what it says in Isaiah 26. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Well, I, Pastor, I don't know if God's going to lead me to that perfect peace. I just don't know. If I, if I turn things over to him, I don't know if he's going to give me peace in my heart. Well, the Bible clearly tells me, and the Bible doesn't lie. The Bible says he, God, will keep in perfect peace all who trust in him. All whose thoughts are fixed upon him. Yeah, we live in a fallen, messed up world. We have our faults, we have our issues, we experience problems, Jesus said that we would, but the Holy Spirit wants to help us to, to have a confidence, a trust in who God is, and what the Holy Spirit brings to the table in our lives. Romans eight fourteen. for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Your heavenly Father has his eyes upon you. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you, and to keep you in perfect peace. Isaiah 26, we read just a moment ago, you will keep in perfect peace. The word peace literally means completeness or soundness, and he will keep in perfect completeness, perfect soundness, all that believe, all whose minds are set upon him. And finally, the third thing that we see the Holy Spirit do in our lives to bring about that peace is the Holy Spirit helps you surrender to God's control. Can I be honest? That's probably the most difficult. Right? To come to that place that we say, you know what? I can't do it by myself. Oftentimes what has to happen is we have to hit rock bottom before we can come to him with desperation. And he says, come on, listen to this. Before the bottom falls out, before you hit that brick wall going 150 miles an hour, would you come to me? Would you make room for me? Would you allow me to speak peace and hope into the midst of the chaos? of your lives. Psalm 119 says, those who love your instruction have great peace and do not stumble. What's it mean to love his instruction? It means that our focus shifts from self to God. It means that we no longer pursue that junk that's over here, that, that lifestyle that enslaves us and traps us and takes us down the spiral downward and, and suddenly we move our focus upon to the things of God and allowing him to lead us and guide us and, and we remove the junk, we throw it away and we allow him to place inside of us perfect peace, completeness, 
soundness. See, God has not called us to perfection. He's called us to obedience. And he says, would you just follow me? Would you allow me to take the lead in your life? I'm going to challenge you today. Make room for the Holy Spirit. Some of you are here and your life is so consumed with junk that something's got to be evicted. Something's been living there rent-free for too long. And today, I'm going to challenge you. Get rid of that junk. Set your mind upon the things of God. To allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you. It's going to require some of you to to adjust how you live your life. Let me say that again. It's going to require that some of you adjust how you live your life. Because some of you have just been playing games. Come in Sunday morning, you do your thing here, but you walk out the door and it's like, let me leave my coat there. I'm going to live this life over here. But if we're truly to clothe ourselves in the armor of God and in, in, in all that He is, it means that I, I live this life not just here, but I allow what He has clothed me in here to be brought into the chaos of the world so that now I can be a light that shines in the midst of the darkness. A consistency on a daily basis, following after the things of God, following his lead, keeping our eyes set upon him, allowing the Spirit to take control. So today you find yourself battling with the junk, struggling with the temptation the spiral. And today you say, I want to change that. I want, I want to trade all that in for the perfect peace that the Holy Spirit brings. Let me give you an opportunity right now to receive that. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to you.